You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me online today is Pelican. How you doing, man? I'm fabulous. How are you doing today, my dude? I'm really good, thanks, mate. Really good, thanks. So, Talking Tunes, you've gone for quite an interesting selection. A lot of, um, I'll be, I'll be blunt with you, screechy dubstep, but uh, we can talk through it as we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But we're starting out with something very nice, something everyone can relate to, uh, Faithless featuring Maxi Jazz Insomnia. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to sum up a lot of my sort of sounds is just everything's normally a little bit aggressive, but uh, I like to make sure there's a little bit of that sort of like euphoric element of stuff, which I suppose originated with this tune really. Like it was just, I think it was one of the first times I'd heard dance music and it, I'd had that like, you know that like euphoric feeling you get with like a lot of dance music. This was, this was the first one that I had. It just obviously like it's the sort of like typical sort of stuff and then just the breakdown towards the end with that sort of iconic synth that everybody knows now is just, I, I just remember the first time hearing that and just being like, oh my God, what is this type of music? Because it was like, I, I was just used to death metal basically up until this point. So yeah, it's just absolutely iconic and the vocals are just so, so good in it. The vocals are just absolutely brilliant. Like the, the first time you hear it, the, you're like listening to the lyrics like, what is, what the fuck is he going on about? And I love stuff like that, just like super surreal weirdness. And uh, I even ended up getting, um, I can't get no sleep tattooed across my chest when I was like, yeah, back in the day when I was like cool and 18 and thought that I was invincible. Yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely fantastic sort of classic old, tune it's not screechy dubstep which i suppose is uh well i was gonna say is a benefit not for me but it's for uh people who aren't too keen on that and are gonna be tuning in for an hour but now i keep myself deeper still the night i write by candlelight i find insight i like all sorts of music and my ears are open to everything like you know i love listening to everything i love the variation of everything interesting is why you say death metal interesting because it's again the amount of people that listen to either punk heavy metal death metal oh hang on i can't get no sleep See, what I love about this tune is the way it's like, you know, it's a standard club tune, but then it goes top euphoria, trance, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. The f- I remember the first time hearing it here in the intro and being like, oh, it's pretty interesting, but it's not like my favourite. And then it gets to this bit and my head just being like, I can't even comprehend what this is doing to my emotions. Like, oh, this is what serotonin feels like. It was great. Yeah. Ah. I mean, this has got to be one of the best tunes of the 90s as well. Probably the most recognisable. I can't get no Oh, easily, like this and maybe like Born Slippy and stuff like that. Darutan Storm, oh, I suppose that wasn't 90s, was it? That was a little bit later, but yeah, this has got to be up there. Absolute classic. Born Slippy, good tune, bit too poppy for my liking. <laughs> Darutan Storm, I, I've never heard it, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I had a moment there of just being like, hang on a minute, what? Are you are you, are you serious, man? I still remember the time when they uh, YouTube implemented something where, I can't remember what it was, it was like every time you press play or something it played sandstorm i can't remember it was weird this is such a belter this was like i think some of these i just wanted to do as ones where it was like i first became like fully aware of this world i suppose and like 
yeah, I don't know. I thought, I, I just, I thought this one's like particularly interesting to me because it was. The, I think it was the first time I'd heard like the proper wob. Yeah. For dubstep, like I'd heard a lot of the sort of two-steppy stuff and bits and bobs like that. But I hadn't come across like Scream or Bengal or anything like that yet. And uh, it was the um, oh, there was a compilation. I think it was a uh, Temper All Stars Volume Three. That is a fantastic compilation. It's not the one I'm thinking of though. It was a, it was a it had a yellow cover. I think it was I Love Dubstep or something like that or or something like that. And it was just and it was on that. I remember being in the car on the way to a violin lesson when I was like 15 uh, and this coming on and just looking at my dad and just being like what the absolute fuck is going on and it just listening to the that what 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 is just being like absolutely blown away Casper's production is really interesting because he seems to completely just remove any level of swing from his tracks. So you listen to like a lot of uh, like a lot of Rusko or uh, like Benga, like the sort of usual culprits from back in the day, and they've still got like that shuffle to them and a bit of movement. Whereas most things that Casper does is they're so regimented, like he's never changed anything in like his door to like twelfths or anything like that. Everything's just like no, this is four beats and everything's going to be either like a crotchet or a quaver or a semi-quaver and you get absolutely nothing else. In fact, I think this bass is the most free-formed thing he's ever done just because it's like ever so slightly off and even then it's only a little bit and goes straight back into it. I think the first tune I ever heard really with that sort of bass would have been Mr. Wazo Flat Eric one. Oh yes. Totally blew me away in terms of what, what bass could possibly do. And to me everything seems like it's followed on since then. Maybe maybe my history is completely sideways on that one. But uh, yeah, this sort of fat wobbly wobbly bass can't get enough of it. Oh yeah, no, I do you're probably right to be fair. I I hadn't thought of that to be fair. I suppose it, I suppose it's the context it's within which is used, isn't it? Because obviously the Mr. Wazo one's a lot more fun, upbeat sort of stuff, whereas this is introducing it to a much darker, like you're gonna be in a sweaty dungeon doing MCAT until 6pm four days later <laughs> kind of vibe rather than like oh I'm in the car on the way to work this is a upbeat tune to wake me up <laughs> so I said Temper All Stars Volume 3 was one of the releases this came out on and Scream was also on that as well 2006 so if you'd have got that one that would have that would have led you down a garden path into a lot more dubstepy stuff oh yeah well I think after getting the one that I heard this on was when my, my dad used to go to Piccadilly Records in Manchester and just pick up literally anything that said dubstep on it so obviously got introduced to Scream through uh, through the album and stuff like that which I think was that 15 years old the other day or something insane like that it's like it's terrifying when some things that you remember growing up with and it's just like oh this was like I remember when it was like uh, Hold Your Colour uh, was a decade old and it's just like what the, where, where, what what do you mean it was a decade ago I don't believe you stop <laughs> stop time I want to get off this was 2006 2006 Six, Jesus. Yeah, 15 years. That is nuts. And then you think about like the comparison of how far, especially dubstep as a genre has come. Like a lot of people will say not in the best direction, but each their own. But uh, yeah, absolutely iconic tune to me. Friendly ghost, you know I let dolphins go 
bitches all love me cause I'm fucking Casper. Yeah, I think sometimes you need a bit of a break from getting out of work and then coming to do this so that you definitely need a beer or two or whatever. Yeah, I should have had a shot or two before starting, but uh, hey ho, we can go so I could, could grab a shot quickly, to be fair, but I've got too much to do this evening, I think. If I start now, I won't stop. You'll never be mine It is yours this is a similar sort of thing to me as uh, Insomnia, where it was hearing a, a style of music that was so used to being dark and hearing it so euphoric. And a style of production, like, you don't really get from too many other people. Like, the drop is just... It's like the drums almost sound live, which I absolutely love from this sort of like era of dubstepy stuff. And there's not an insane level of bass production on it. It's all very simple, like saw wavy, sort of distorted stuff. But it's all utilized so well. I like the little switch up with that higher stabby synth as well. I just adore. Dun, dun. Oh, so good. It's so good. But yeah, I, I've no idea who the vocalist is for this because I know since these days they do have a permanent female vocalist. So I'm not entirely sure if it may be her back at this point who was doing it. But um, yeah, I think this sort of era was when the whole scene just started changing massively, didn't it? Because it was going from the proper deep wobbly stuff to having a bit more stuff. And then it was like, no, we can, we can make this. We can get this mainstream, basically. And these guys were like pioneers for showing that, I think, alongside dozens of other people who were bringing it to the mainstream. But I think the most um, accessible, probably, I'd say, would be Nero with stuff like this. And then obviously Guilt and a few other bits. Yeah, I think these guys are probably responsible for a massive amount of people originally getting into dubstep. about you real quick pelican like where did that name come from and why the k any significance <laughs> uh so the name originated i was just looking for a new name and i was uh, in the hometown that i grew up and there was a there used to be like an art gallery that had a giant metal pelican sculpture in the window that used to scare the absolute bejesus out of me so i was like oh that'd be cool i'll just use that and then I, the, the spelling, I thought I was so slick with the spelling. So I was like, oh, so if I if I spell it like really uniquely, nobody else will have a spelling like that. 
and I'll be the only thing that pops up when like people Google it. But nobody can fucking spell it. Like, <laughs> so it's impossible. Like, I've had releases with it spelt wrong. There's been flyers where it's been spelt wrong. It's I think it's probably about 50-50 on right spellings and wrong spellings. But um, I'm in too deep at this point. I think I've, I've, I've got the energy or patience to start like something. Well, no, I mean I do have the I do have the patience to start a new alias. But I think yeah, I kind of like Pelican. I can do what I want at this point. <laughs> it's a cool name. Yeah, I think it's a cool name, mate. I think there are a lot of names as well. You can literally pick any name out of the hat and it's you that makes the name, not the name that makes you, you know? I think always people try to be clever or smart with it. But yeah, something something that's got some sort of significance. And, but SEO, SEO searchability definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. And the fact that it's not basically the same as a manufacturer of pens uh, would have been really useful because now that's all that comes up, which is a, which is a bit of a pain, but it is what it is. Whereas this guy, Nero, it's like you put that into Google, good luck trying to find him, you know? Oh, I know, uh, he's an enigma. He's missing. It just it just comes up with that old pirate from back in the day. Oh, that's, that's, that's Nemo. <laughs> just absolutely unreal Brian bass bands. This was on one of the weaker albums from theirs, but the actual tune itself is by far one of the best. It's sort of anti-American political type of tune, just all about the corruption and how America's just a little bit fucked, basically. But yeah, just as a band, they're one of the few that I've followed from my sort of primarily metal days as a kid. And they've gone from strength to strength. Admittedly, their new stuff I'm not too keen on, but they had a death in the band of uh, their guitarist and songwriter who um, you could tell that there was a definite shift in their sound from that point which is a shame but uh, going back and listening to this sort of stuff is this is probably my prime listening over anything else really is old architect stuff just it's one of those ones where it's, it's the heavy mixed with the uh, aggressive as well which I suppose is a common theme with my listening really it's just gnarly the guitar tones as well like the technology behind how they make the guitars sound so good I've no idea but just heavy it's, they call it a genre called metalcore I've never heard of that genre name before yes it was like hardcore stuff but with a lot more melodic elements so like kill switch engage um oh this is horrendous I'm going so blank on other metalcore bands my uh, my old band mates are going to absolutely slay me for this because they would be able to just list off hundreds of them because there was this and then there was like deathcore which was more like like early bring me the horizon sword stuff which I also absolutely loved who also now which are another band which are now like massively popular with people that aren't just metalheads it's uh, it's strange how bands who are so entrenched in like the heavy metal stuff are able to break out of that and go into the more public eye but yeah I think like Architects I'd say are up there is my probably my favourite band in general the uh I went to see them last year I think it was and that was just amazing absolutely amazing Metal, I like it a lot, you know, I don't know a huge amount about it, but it's nice, you know, if you're into mainly electronic music, every now and again, just go over to the dark side, different energy. 
Oh, totally. Well, there's a really strong combination these days where there's loads of dubstep tracks that have metal in them. There was a load of Korn. Uh, Korn did like a collaborative album, I think, with Skrillex, which was weird that nobody saw coming. But yeah, they, the two, they, I think they've started realizing the collaborative sort of like connotations of the two uh, blend really well. And like with little drops like this, it's just like, Ugh. You fucking pigs! So you're from this neck of the woods, Brighton? No, no, no. So I'm, a, I'm initially from the Peak District, so East Midlands, a town called Matlock, which is uh, near like Derby and Nottingham kind of way. But I'm currently sort of split between near Birmingham and London. Moving down to London in about February sort of time, moving in with the girlfriend and all that good stuff. So I'm just stuck in a little attic loft in the West Midlands until then. Not a bad spot to ride out the pandemic anyway. Yeah. if I didn't bring up Skrillex. Like, this guy's just done everything that you could possibly imagine at this point. I could have gone for Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites the first one where I was like, yes, oh my god. But this is one of his, I guess, lesser known tunes, I suppose. But I just, I love the vocal in it. There's a really, really interesting effect with the vocals at one point. Nothing just passed where it sounds like it's pitching down but staying in key and I don't quite get how that happens. And then I'm a stickler for first drops and second drops always being different and this one's got a really good example of the swap. When I was looking up this for the show, I looked at it two weeks ago, and when I looked at it again today, I see that Skrillex is at six and a half million followers on SoundCloud, which, you know, when I look at my own SoundCloud, I'm like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel inadequate. He had 200,000 new followers in two weeks. 200,000 in two weeks, like. Yeah, it's, I, I do get what you mean. Like, I had a period of being, like, really struggling with, like, looking at numbers and stuff like that. But it's like, when you think about people like Skrillex like they've worked with like everyone oh absolutely I'd be amazed if he had less than that like you'd expect him to be like I don't know like Bieber level at this point I mean I've been making music for him and stuff but uh, yeah the guy's done everything like Jack U project stuff like this the more housey sort of stuff that he did with uh, oh he's a really 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 good songwriter and I'm completely blanking the name it's like Yellow Panda or something like that who's like a iconic songwriter who's written loads and loads of stuff but yeah, he's absolutely everywhere. And the video for this is crazy as well, because it's got the actress who's in um, Queen's Gambit as well. Well, obviously this is long before that, but uh, 
it was funny because I, I remember seeing that before seeing Queen's Gambit and Split and being like, oh, she's the girl from that Skrillex video, <laughs> which is like a weird way to describe someone who is now a, a big actress. But uh, yeah, Skrillex is just like, he is he is an absolute icon. I, and I find it difficult for people to still be like, oh, I hate Skrillex. Like all my mates hate Skrillex and stuff. It's like, okay, you're grown up. <laughs> if people don't like the music, fair enough, move on. If people don't like him because he's famous, well, he's got a massive chip on your shoulder. Oh yeah, I, I, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? It's like pe- people dislike stuff that's popular to seem cool, and it's just like, oh, grow up, like. It's like this track, Red Lips. So again, looked at it, 21 million plays. Like, I don't know about you, but like, mm. I'm looking for in my entire lifetime, get a fraction of that <laughs> my entire SoundCloud, you know? <laughs> Mate, tell me about it. I think, I think I've been on about eight plays a month for, uh, yeah. uh, for, for a while now, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not a numbers game. It's all about just... Oh, gotcha, 100%. I suppose it is to a degree, but if you get obsessed with it, then you get dragged down. Um... So this guy is production-wise probably my favourite at the moment, Must Die, uh, and this one's a Sorrow Tech, and this is on his latest album, and it's just... The production is just on a different planet, like... Yeah, again, melodic, but makes you want to punch a relative as hard as possible out of sheer anger, which is just the perfect blend. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a fantastic tune for double dropping as well if you're doing like rid of me sort of stuff, which um, I mean, I don't know how many people play that sort of stuff in the uh, in the UK these days, but I like absolutely love it. And it's just a great one for that sort of stuff. He's another one of those really varied artists as well. So he's uh, he's recently started doing like a lot of hardcore and like the super fast 160 kind of stuff, which is also a lot of fun, which I've recently started getting into as well. So would you call this dubstep or would you call this rhythm or something else? I just call everything dubstep because I I'm, I I don't know if I'm just too old or just too lazy to start like focusing on the specifics of all of them. I guess I think it's technically tear out. I guess is the generic term, which I, I think tear out is just the new term for bro step. Good name for a genre, and it's quite adequately descriptive. I think. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. But yeah, as soon as they people started arguing whether stuff was dubstep or rhythm, and I was like, isn't rhythm just dubstep? I don't really get it. But yeah, I know it's like all the euphoric synths and stuff still, so I'm not 100% sure. But because it's just like the different genres with dubstep these days is just taking the piss a little bit. Like I've been trying to research um, freeform bass for the war dub competition I do on my Twitch, and I'm pretty sure it's just dubstep. So I'm just like, okay, okay, like... <laughs> At the end of the day, I think all genres are just descriptive terms. 
Yeah. And it's just a different way of describing something. And if we, if people say, oh no, you can't make everything a new genre every five minutes, then we'd call everything disco still, because everything came from disco, even house. So there's certainly a disco. Absolutely. Yeah, or um, like, oh, I really like that new waltz tune by Skrillex. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Not very descriptive at all. No, no, absolutely. I do, um, I do love it when you see charts of like every possible dance genre, mm. and uh, it's just like endless, absolutely endless. Like, what's the latest one I, I got introduced to? Daria Core, which is like, um, it's like PC music hyper pop, but without the poppiness, as far as I can tell. And it, that oh, was a weird. Well, that's a very weird style of music. It is also absolutely fantastic. This is another, and probably another one of the my favourite producer at the moment, Eliminate. I, do, I absolutely love this one because it's it's dubstep producer making a house tune, which I always I absolutely love it when artists who you know for making a certain style of music are just like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to make this for a change. And they just show off their technical ability and people are just like, what the fuck? Well, I didn't get with this right. Are they talking about the child's toy from the 70s, the Weebles? Do you ever know that? The Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. They were like an egg-shaped, bottom-heavy toy that, you know, you could knock them over and they'd always go back upright. <laughs> I'm 99.9% sure that's exactly what they're referencing. And uh, it's become a bit of like a joke in their label because I think another artist releasing on the same label used the same samples. So now there's loads of different versions of Weeble Wobble. And um, yeah, I just, it's such a great concept. It just goes to show that you can make an iconic sort of like pre-drop sample from absolutely anything and it works it's great I think uh, I think the weirdest one I used was there was there was like a wine gum advert or something and it had the little jelly bear just shouting bring on the trumpets over and over again and I ended up using that in a tune like about 10 years ago yeah you can get samples from absolutely anywhere and the craziest thing I ever heard in terms of samples that really shook me it's a really old tune from uh, an artist called Molder Depot. This is 1994 Jungle Techno. Right. And it's, you know, it's a straightforward Jungle Techno track. It's got a bit of acid in it and all the rest of it. It's usual type of craziness rave, you know, from the 90s. Amazing. And then out of the middle of nowhere, it's got the sample from Off the Buses, that 1970s go. It goes... Ready for another lovely day, eh? Yeah. I've got your butler. Out of the middle of nowhere, and you just go, what the fuck? That's amazing. That's amazing. We should set each other a challenge just to find the absolute weirdest mid-level like level drop that you could find. Yeah. This is, a, again, second drop's always got to be different, and I'm obsessed with tracks that go from 4-4 to half-time in the second drop as well, because it's like the DJ's just got free reign to pick like whatever's going to fit the vibe in that moment. But yeah, Cheeky Little Half-Time's always great production-wise, I think. But I really like half-time 130 as well, for some reason. Like, you're used to half-time sort of dubstepy type beats being 140 to 150, like something like 160 now, but the 120 to 130 sort of like space for half-time, it's got such a weird feeling to it, and I just, I'm obsessed with it at the moment, it's great. For a good while, I was watching your live stream that you were doing on Saturday, where you were getting people's new tunes, and you were basically doing a critique of them. Oh, yeah, 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 doing the, uh, the feedback streams, yeah. 
That was really good. Are you still doing that or did that end? I am still doing them. I've just, uh, it's uh, it's moved over to Twitch now rather than being on Facebook because... Uh, Facebook's shite. Facebook is shite and you can monetize Twitch and stuff like that. So yeah, they're still going on. And I've started expanding it a bit. So there's like ward up competitions now as well, which we're just reaching the end of the second one of. But uh, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, just tune in. Twitch.tv slash Pelican UK. <laughs> I love it when people send me music and say give me feedback and I try to give them as much feedback as I can but I think you're really detailed on the feedback and you know you've got real insight for the structure of the music a lot of people don't get yeah I do try I think a lot of the time it's just like getting really drunk and being silly as well but that's the thing like I want it to be entertaining as well I don't want to just sit there like a teacher and be like oh you got to make sure that you EQ below 30 hertz alright people want to hear that though oh they do want to hear it but they do find it more entertaining when it's from a drunk man with a mullet I suppose which I mean who, who can blame them who can blame them <laughs> <laughs> but like if someone says you're a tune and you're just like oh yeah mate that's a great tune it's a banger it's like well what can I learn from that yeah no absolutely uh, don't, don't get me wrong that has happened from time to time it's normally at the end of the stream when I've had my body weight in whiskey but yeah. I try to avoid that as much as possible and be like there is a little something that you can do unless it is something like because there are the, the, the people that send stuff in are just insanely talented and um, yeah no it's uh yeah, sometimes there are just ones who's like, yeah, it's perfect. Give it, like, just let me download it. I want the tune. <laughs> so you're bringing me into familiar territory now with Brent Kilner. Um, what's that? Uh, we're into baseline stuff now. I blame Brent Kilner entirely for my getting into, uh, like, bass house, baseline sort of scene. I remember um, way back with uh, the uh, Bare Fresh days, I saw 2003, I think, 2002, 2003 onwards, because uh, I was living with uh, Almost, who was one half of the label for a while and also on the same course as Tansy who was Crown Jewels so I was part of this whole like little movement from the get-go I guess and was lucky enough to have a few EPs with them but I remember hearing I think it was this and his bootleg of the the bug Skeng, that was it, Skeng. And just hearing it and just being like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, oh, it's, it's, I can't remember what they were calling it at that point. They were just calling it Bass House. And just being like, it's just dubstep over 4 4 beats, which was what my like Insta handle and stuff was for ages, because I was just so blown away by it. And just being, because obviously dubstep had died by the time this had started happening in the UK, like for, for the most part anyway. You're talking about old school dubstep? Yeah, or, or even like, like this was happening around the sort of time when even the bro steppy sort of stuff or the heavy stuff was like mm. disappearing in clubs and it all gone back to being like the sort of tech house and garage again so i was like oh i'm bored of going out now and then this stuff started coming about and it had that aggressive side that i fucking loved so i was like yes i can go out and act like a dick again in clubs to music that i actually like but yeah brent was absolutely one of the forefront figures of this sort of stuff. Like, I think that I think things would be very different if this uh, if this chap hadn't been around. And he's also absolutely lovely. Let me go into this one, Venetian Snares. 
you don't feel duty bound to put Venetian snares in your talking tunes because it's supposed to be 15 tunes that you like, right? Oh yeah, no. This uh, I think this might be my favourite track ever produced. If I'm being perfectly honest, I, like Venetian snares is just. Uh, godly godly with this sort of stuff and it's just this one in particular because I've been like being a classical violinist for like years like all this like this big epic string based intro just blew my mind absolutely blew my mind and then the sort of progression as the tune goes on of just sort of getting more technical and then heavier and heavier until it's got the last bit where it's just complete all out carnage and you don't you don't get enough music that's not in 4-4 in like the electronic scene everything's uh well, everything's 4-4 and you, you, like, you understand why because it's the easiest to dance to it's primal it's in your DNA basically and if you're a DJ mixing 4-4 you ain't going to go for a 5-8 or something like that <laughs> that, is, that is a very very good point if somebody can mix this into a 4-4 set I would be amazed to see that but 7-8's fun is it 7-8 and 5-4 I think this tune swaps between it's uh, it's just I just think it's an absolute masterpiece and again banging on about it the combination of the melodic and the heavy is just like imperative I think for something to have like longevity or in my, in my brain it is anyway and the drum processing on this as well it's like my god classic snares yeah It's just wild. I've seen like little clips of his studio, and it's like it's just all modular. And it's like I I couldn't do this with like the top end like electronic equipment. And he's there just like swapping wires around and playing with like knobs and dials, and he's making this. And I'm just like I don't think I actually really know how to produce music. <laughs> you see a lot of people with modular synths. They look like such good fun, you know. No good few artists, I'm sure you do yourself that work with that sort of equipment. And yeah, you, I, I think you just you just go down a rabbit hole twiddling stuff and going oh is that right is that right is that right but what would scare me is if you unplug something and it's like oh shit where did that go and then you can't find that sound you have had and you lost it you're like no Oh, I mean, in all fairness, like my laptop's so laggy that that happens with Serum all the time anyway with like the VSTs. So uh, maybe I should just work with modular and then at least I can't blame anything other than myself for the hardware doing funny stuff. But yeah, it is mind blowing. Like I remember when I first started producing using Reason and realizing far too late about uh, hitting tab and it all turning round and there uh, all being all the wires hanging down and being like oh I didn't know any of this was here maybe this is why my stuff's been sounding absolute dog shit for so long um, but yeah like, I love I love the whole modular sort of stuff but I, I, I it's it's, I'd love to be able to incorporate it somehow, but what it's like, how do you afford like some of the stuff? It's like thousands and thousands of thousands of pounds for something that will basically be a sine wave generator with two oscillators. And I'm just like, I don't know, it's got, it's, very, it's got a very specific grittiness to the sine wave. And it's like, you, you're off your fucking rocker you are if you're spending like eight grand for a specific sine wave. Like just download Massive. If the one in Serum's not good, get Massive or just like EXS24 or something. You'll be totally fine, don't worry. Anybody who uses hardware now is going to be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cursor's stuff. He's fantastic. That's all modular. Fuck off. That's got to be where he's getting sounds from. What? Really? From modular synths, yeah. 
I had absolutely no idea. Curse's stuff's mind-blowing to me. That's, that's probably why. It's like, uh, like, cause I, know, I know there are people that obviously do do a lot of um, like modulary sort of stuff. Like, I know um, a lot of Cohen sound at one point were doing lots of, like, everything was, like, recorded and resampled. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was them. I remember watching a video of them doing it, and it's just like, they get, like, the old synth virus. Like, the hardware one. It was that, and, like, the resampleability of that was just insane. But, like, even since like this, like, I don't think I could probably make this on like serum which is what i'm most comfortable with and have it sound quite as like deep what you're trying to make that doesn't it oh yeah no of course it's yeah if you're trying to make a club banger then yeah modular sensing necessarily after i suppose oh well, unless you're making like acidy sort of stuff in which case it's absolutely essential <laughs> Oz dad, I don't know if you listen to him. He'd actually get an orchestra in and record. He's a Norwegian lad, I don't know if you know Oz dad. His connections to the Norwegian Philharmonic Orchestra. And sometimes he gets those guys in and actually gets in a proper studio and records them. Oh, wow. Oh, that's the dream. The dream is to have an orchestra like at your beck and call. That would just be absolutely amazing. I heard a rumor with, I don't think it was with this album, but like there's a Venetian Snares album just famously called the Hungarian album because it's got Hungarian title and track titles, blah, blah, blah. But I remember hearing a rumor that he learned how to play the violin specifically for it and all of the strings in it are real. And I've no idea whether that's true or not because I, like, I, I played violin for years and apparently he'd like in a year learn how to do all of the strings and all these things. And I was just like, if he's done that, what the fuck have I been doing all this time? <laughs> but yeah, so I, I love like little rumors like that about people's like albums being made. It was like, oh, did you hear that they used like a, a cat and like threw it over a tumble dryer and the air moving made that very specific whoosh sound. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, it's a vengeance sample. So quick Google, apparently on that unnameable album that came before this, the Ross Kalig, what the hell ever it's called. That was the Prague Symphony Orchestra that used for that one. So I think obviously, you know. Oh! It's Vienna Symphonic Cube, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm quick Google. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. I, I mean, I forget that Google exists. I hold, I hold on to these things that I heard as a kid. And then they, I just never think to check them when I grow up. And then I spout them and people are like, just look at their phone. It's like, no, you didn't, you fucking idiot. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget that the internet exists now. <laughs> yeah, I think learning to play violin just to record it on a track, that's a bit too much dedication, I think. <laughs> I think I'd just get a studio uh, session uh, musician in for it. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's one of the things I've been wanting to do is get into session stuff, but I think I'm a bit rusty at this point. I would actually have to teach myself to play violin again. So you're still playing violin? Not for a long time. It was I, I, I basically sort of stopped when I went to uni, but like I pick it up like every now and again. I'm like, can I can I still work this thing? And most of the time it's fine. Uh, well, not fine. Like I can still play uh, like one or two like harder bits, but no, I'm, I'm I'm very rusty. I would need to have a proper like session of practicing to get back into uh, back into the swing of things properly. <laughs> thing I always think is amazing with those classic wood instruments is there's no frets like there are on a guitar. You have to know where to put your finger for each note. Yeah. That just seems like, oh my God. 
It's, uh, yeah, it's weird because I tried learning guitar and I found it incredibly difficult. It's, I think, and, and like piano and stuff, I think it's anything now that's got chords. I, my brain can't do it because obviously everything on the violin is single notes. So, like, so I, so I play bass and text. I was like, oh, this is single instrument, single notes. I can do this. This is fine. But yeah, piano and guitar were, was too much, even with the frets and stuff. Because it's like, oh, I'm trying to do six things at once. Can I not play one note? That'd be a lot easier. Do you, what other instruments do you play then? Uh, I did violin, viola, bass, a bit of drums. I used to sing, <laughs> not like bass bits, obviously. I, think I, was, I did saxophone for a little bit, but I only learned that until I learned the Simpsons intro. And then I was like, right, I'm done. That's all good. I think that was it. I'm, I, I got a ukulele that I still need to have a go at. But uh, yeah, again, I only want to do that so I can do uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> cool. Ukulele's fun. It's really kind of simple compared to a guitar. You just pick it up and bam, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember getting in it. Basically, it just had like a chord sheet. There was just one piece of paper that had like every possible chord on it. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a go. That'll be fine. Then obviously lost that and I'm like, I had a go since. Because again, I forget the internet exists and I can just Google the chords for ukulele. Uh... <laughs> Completely missed this tune. This is just a classic. I think I just put this one in because it's just great. But it's like I think Pendulum's been a, especially the whole uh, Hold Your Color album, is another one that a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, I got into stuff because of this album or because of I think Tarantula and Blood Sugar and Slam. I think are probably the three Pendulum songs. Everyone's like, yeah, that like I got into that. And you could play this at a club night. You could play this at a festival. You could play this at a wedding. And everyone's gonna try to know the words. They're just gonna go to the cutter, it's a meh, 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 and they're gonna try and sing along to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Apart from Trenchula, I've no idea what the rest of the lyrics are, yeah. I, 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 it's funny enough, this is something I did Google because I, I don't know why I had it in my head where I was like, next time this comes on at a club or something, right. I want to sing all the words perfectly, and then obviously I'm too fucked whenever it comes on. So I do, like, no, that's not right. That's absolutely not the words. It's just classic and their production's amazing. The drum work as well is great and yeah, Rob Swire and the gang are absolutely brilliant. I'm not I don't think I've seen them since like 2008 or something mad like that. So I know they had a they did have a big break when uh, Rob Swire was doing knife party and stuff, but they were still playing, I suppose, weren't they? So I had a look at the lyrics. So, don't play with my style, I might sting ya. Blood tarantula. I want to inject me bacteria. Yeah, come forget some. It wasn't worth looking up, was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Lyrical wordsmith is our uh, MC Spider. Hey, what's this? Shouldn't test the youth, them in the Tommy Hilfiger. Why is it Tommy Hilfiger? Why is, why is he talking about Hilfiger in there? I wonder why that is. Yeah. Isn't that, is that just what kids used to wear back then? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, you know, I don't know, I was, I was walking around in skinny jeans and slipknot hoodies, so I definitely wasn't in that sort of style.
just love the outro as well. That brass is so epic, it's sick. Oh, absolute belter. Absolute belter. Skrillex's parents were Scientologists. Did you know that? No. Oh, no wonder he's so famous. Fucking hell. And apparently he went to a school that was run by Scientologists or was, was influenced by the learnings of Ron L. Hubbard. What the fuck? That is the best fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I just couldn't let it go. I just couldn't let it go. And I'm looking through my notes going, yeah, we never brought that up. <laughs> I love the idea that they've like made a wish and thrown into a volcano or whatever the fuck they believe and been like yeah. be an amazing producer I wonder if he rebelled against that and that's where the uh, from first to last days came from or something each to their own anyway each to their own and, and, and oh absolutely yeah and to the Scientologist lawyers out there of course we fully respect <laughs> your religion <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. They they, alle- they allegedly made a wish into a volcano. Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, they're the ones that I would genuinely be scared of pissing off because I've seen the uh, I've seen the Louis Through documentary, and I don't want to be on their bad side. Yeah. I don't want Tom Cruise yeah. allegedly sprinting yeah. at me. Pendulum, hold your colour. I wondered if, if there's a combination of something going on with com- hold your colour and these colours don't run. I don't know if you're trying to go for a theme. Oh, no, I wasn't, but uh, I, sh- I should have gone for a bit more of a theme, I suppose, instead of just I like this song, it's melodic and then heavy, but uh, it's sticking with Pendulum, but the noisier remix is just. The production on this is just like absolutely mental. And I think with stuff like, um, like Hold Your Colour and this whole album, like remixing something like this is like, I can't even imagine where I would start remixing something like this because you've got to do it so much justice and not fuck it up. So I think, I mean, Noisier obviously are just absolute goats and anything they touch really, they are just insane producers. This is just a testament to their decades, I suppose, of production, especially with them coming to an end soon as well. This is what I'll remember from their legacy. It's like, obviously they've got Diplodocus and Program and Shellshock and stuff, but this one I just cannot get enough of. The pitching in it. That is pretty tasty, yeah. Oh, it's just insane. It's another one where it's like, I can't comprehend quite how they made a lot of that, or at least made it sound so good. Not a big fan of drum and bass, but what I like in this particular track is that it has got that sort of breakcore aesthetic in the harshness and the way it all changed up. What I don't like about drum and bass is I find it very repetitive and I guess boring after a couple of minutes, you know? Whereas this, there's a lot going on, a lot of energy in it, and yeah, I really like it, it's a cool tune. Absolutely get where you're coming from with a lot of it. I say like it's why I've, I've not sort of got in uh, like massively into the whole new like rollers movement or wobblers or whatever they're calling it now because I, I I have a bit of that issue as well. I like the variety and like the consistent like switches and changes and yeah, like you say, the harshness of this as well is just absolutely delicious. It's like it's been saturated with an inch of its life. I, like noisier stuff is like the one to go to for drum bass if you don't like the same you say me sort of stuff but I, I know what you mean like, I have that problem with a lot of house and like tech house and stuff where it will 
that'll be up like it would have like a 16 bar phrase that will just repeat over and over with very little happening in between them and I'm just like come on give me a yoya or a wobble or something and I'll be happy but even even end of bar fill something like that you know it's not that hard <laughs> yeah anything give me something oh, it's the, the snare in this as well is just beautiful and there's moments where it pitches as well to stay in key which I think is just brilliant I didn't realise there was a couple of people in Pendulum I always assumed it was like one person on their own from Australia yeah yeah, yeah, they're like a they're like a proper band. So when they play live, they have like the drummer and everything. It's they put on a really good show live. And then noisy is uh, three people from uh, Netherlands. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's, it's gonna be sad. I'm, cause I've, I've not managed to bag tickets to like any of their last shows, but they said that they're doing a couple more festivals because of the uh, pandemic and all that shit. So hopefully, I just I want to see them. Have I ever seen them? Actually, I don't think I've ever seen them. Bang face. I've never been to Bang Face. Oh right. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm one of those uh, un- unfortunate souls that has never had the uh, the Bang Face experience. I'm... Well, fair play, mate. You're going to be the first person ever on this podcast to not say Bang Face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've to it off now. We'll have to cut it off now. I didn't realise. Sorry, sorry, I got the wrong person. Wrong number. Wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, worthless Bang Face virgin. <laughs> Well, I know that's a thing. Like a lot of people are just like, "Have you never played a bang face?" And I'm just like, "No, no." I was like, because people just seem to expect that I would have. I was like, "Oh, I, I, you, yeah, you seem like the type that would have." And I was like, "I oh, know, I know." I've had um, absolutely. Hadian uh, Laurie's been uh, has told me that he's tried to get me uh, get me booked before, but it's just yeah, it's just one of those ones that's never happened. But uh, wow. Well, fingers, our fingers crossed for. Uh, well, it's, it's quite early in the year, isn't it? I'm going to guess 2022 is going to be pretty much sorted. But yeah, I mean, if you if you've got any contact. Let's get him to hit me up. <laughs> no, that's just uh, just the reason I said that was because that's where I saw Noisier. It was at Bang Face. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch Noisier. Ah, uh, no. Okay, I get where you're coming from, though. Yeah, no, I think. Um, I, oh god, yeah, Bang Face is on my bucket list in general. Just it just looks and sounds both terrifying and fantastic. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Oh, it's beautiful. But hey, yeah, so I remember. Uh, I remember meeting up with uh, Hadian after um, after one year. I think it was a day he got back or something, and he was like, "I haven't slept in five days. I don't think I'm very well." And I was like, "Why the fuck? Why the fuck are we going out tonight?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm alright." Mm. <laughs> You bang face people are bred different. It's bizarre. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's it's something else. On to your own tune now, Pelican. It was inevitable. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know why. I think this is one of my favourite ones of mine, just because it's. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit different. And this this was going to be a swan song of mine. I was going to do this one and then just stop, however long, like indefinitely, I suppose, because I was just I just sort of got a bit disenfranchised by it all and. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah, you know what, I'll do one more, get that uploaded, and then I'll stop. And then it did kind of all right, and then I was like, I actually kind of like this. And I think I think it was after this when I started doing a lot more of the dubstepy stuff as well, so I think that was why it was that I needed to start switching up my sound a little bit more. But yeah, I like the fact that the intro's like, like obnoxiously long as well, because on the YouTube upload of it, everyone's just like, why is the intro two minutes long? It was inevitable. Hey, you'll always get people saying that. You just gotta be like, yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I, 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 I love it. I, I thrive off people moaning about stuff like that. I find it really funny. But yeah, I just like, yeah, like the production on it, I suppose. You get your biggest mix out there that's on, you know, some major platform, and you always get one person on there going, oh, this mix is shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
You know, you, you know it's getting straight. Really, you. Thank you for that input. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love it. I think because I, what I always would get would be um, people saying, "Oh, just, like it's just full of dubstep noises. Why are you trying to ruin bassline?" And then it's like, I'm not trying to ruin bassline. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of bassline. I really like dubstep and I like four four music. So of course I'm going to put really obnoxious screechy sounds over a beat that your monkey brain likes. So. Yeah, it was it was like a no-brainer to me, but then I listened back to some of it. I'm like, fucking hell, that is terrible. <laughs> it's like I want to go back to YouTube videos from like five years ago. It's like, yeah, you know what, you do have a point there. I apologise. <laughs> so you were thinking of giving up music? Bit of a surprise. I mean, I can see with the pandemic, like you know, there's not much going on, not much inspiration, but what's that been a real shame on? Oh yeah, I think I think this was a while before the pandemic. It was just I think it was at the peak moment where I got like stuck in my brain about a lot of stuff and like I wasn't getting many bookings and like there wasn't much money for any of it and I think where I've been doing it so long I've sort of forgotten the reason why I was doing it and I was expecting to be like making a living off it and where that hadn't happened. I think I just had a bit of a fucking tantrum about it basically, but yeah, but it's like I've got I've got much much more into it. Like you realize the money's in sync music anyway like not in this sort of stuff so now it's just like a funny little i use it as a reminder now to be like don't 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 be a fucking pussy and just make the music just do it i know what you're saying yeah it's not like you do it because you love it if you don't love making music anymore that then it's like okay you need a break but if you're doing it because you're not at a certain level or you're not making the money that you want or blah 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 x y and z shit reasons then it's one of those ones where it's like give your head a wobble have a break for a bit but that's sort of what i learned from it i was just like it's i realized how stupid i was for being like i'm gonna stop making music after this i was like i'm never gonna fucking stop making music no it's, 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 all, it's all I can do. I'm shit at everything else. I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I, like, I'm supposed to have a day job in finance and I haven't got a fucking clue. I thought I'd failed my maths GCSE until recently. Music's, music's all there is. As, yeah, I realised that shortly after. But, uh, yeah, I like, I like, I like RP stuff and I like synthy stuff and that's what this is full of. So I, I thought I'd just chuck it in there. I know you said sometimes you have that moment where you're thinking, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And then I find myself, I get to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I'll just take it easy for a bit. There is no downtime. I can't put the tools down because I can't just sit on the sofa and watch TV. No, no, absolutely. And, and then there's the other side of it where it's realizing that sometimes you can just do that if that's what you need. It's like, yeah, you need to give yourself a break every now and again. I think that's what I, think that's what I hadn't been doing. I've been desperately pushing myself too much and yeah. Oh yeah, what you need to do, yeah. This week's numbers are down on last week's numbers. What's gone wrong? Yeah, that is such a oh my god, set pit to get into. Yeah, yeah, literally. I like I fucking hate Spotify so much because I get a monthly reminder that my play, my listeners are going down. I'm like, well, I've not released anything for a while, so of course they are. But they just keep, yeah, they just keep reminding you. Like music's got such a short shelf life now that something will get released and then it'll be I don't know, like a week later and nobody will remember it. So. Yeah.
It's beautiful. Give it a moment. <laughs> yeah. But it's in 7-4. And when this came out, the dubstep scene lost their fucking marbles. Mm. And I've never I've never seen a musical scene so torn. <laughs> it's just insane. Because dubstep had to be 4-4. Oh, yeah. But people were like, yeah, dubstep is 4-4. And then... <laughs> yeah, it was, like, like, it, was, it was like people's monkey brains were being like overdone and they were just like no 4-4 can't move to this and uh, there was a really like iconic video of a uh, virtual riot and mode step playing this and uh, uh, mode steps like losing his, losing his mind to it because he's the one that's played it and then you just virtual rise just stood there just like what the fuck is happening and then it was just it was being played everywhere and people were just hating on it left right and center but the guy's like been picked up by sick labels now he's like got he's releasing loads of really and like just musically the guy makes like some really interesting like I suppose it's like more jazzy stuff as well, which I which I really wasn't expecting. I was expecting to go and listen to some of like like his next release and it'd be more of the same sounds, but maybe not in seven seven eight, or for him to just fully steer into it and make everything like that. But yeah, no, he's a, he's a really interesting artist, and I just I just love the controversy that this made, and it just shows that harmless controversy does work. And yeah, I just I, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> So this is the phone-on track called Polyrhythm. I don't want to talk into it too much, but what we're listening to is the fact that the drums are like four time, you know, one, two, three, four. Whereas the synth on the top is a different time signature to the drums, right? Well, the drums are in seven, four as well. Right, okay. Five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. And it's just like that. Gotcha. I think the intro's in four, four, but then the drop, so you, so you can mix it in, which is smart. Yeah. But then the drop is where it all goes fucking mental. Because <laughs> you can have you can have polyrhythmic stuff in four four, can't you? Where it's like, like cause what you're, in all fairness, what you're describing is actually polyrhythm, really. Whereas this isn't technically polyrhythm. Oh, I suppose it is. It is a polyrhythm over a seven four beat. Basically, it's a fucking mess, and I absolutely adore it for that. What I love is the fact that it's hard to put into words, but it's like there's something artistically beautiful about it. It's like when you look at a gem or a jewel or something, or some artwork like, you know, Picasso. It's an absolute mess, but you look at it and go, there's something beautiful about that, even though technically it's a mess. Oh my God, absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, I suppose that's part of like the, like the break course or vibe, isn't it? It's like, this is gonna sound absolutely insane, but once you like listen into it and like the nitty gritty of it, it's like, oh, I like that like interesting bit in that section and so on and so forth, but. Uh, I use art as an example for a lot of stuff. And I would say that was more of a Picasso, break course more of a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> That is such an accurate description. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dearie me. Um, oh, Starkey. So, yeah, Dark Alley by Starkey. This this guy is just so insanely underrated to me. Like, I, I don't know if this is just another nostalgia thing for me because I, I discovered, well, my dad introduced me to this guy when I was quite young. But... 
Like, you see him just randomly pop up from time to time on, like, bigger labels. Like, he's on, um... What was it on? It was on Deadbeats, which is Zed's Dead label. Uh, he had something on Smog, I think it was, years ago. And uh, I think he had something on Night Bass, actually, lately. Or, like, famously a bass house label. But... It's just like, yeah, he just seems like no, not many people really talk about him that much in, or in my circles anyway, and I just think that's sad. Because, so, like, I bang on about layering quite a lot in uh, my like, live streams and stuff when I'm talking to people, where it's like filling out the spectrum with, like, different bits, and this is a perfect example when you listen to each different thing there's obviously like the drums you've got that little sort of like timpani brass stab over the kick like the saw bass those little synthy stabs little vocals are coming every now and again and it just all blends together really nicely obviously the mix is a little bit dated considering this is from like 2007 maybe Again, it's got the little uh, bits with the uh, swapping sections as well. So it's got different uh, second drops to the first drop. Lovely little breakbeat. Kong cannot beat a breakbeat. I went through a phase of being like, if in doubt, put a breakbeat in there. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's like hardcore junglist. Like, you can never go wrong with breaks. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so instead of it being if in doubt, put a break in there, yours is like if in doubt, put 10 more breaks in there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's no better combination than bass and breaks. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I'd, I'd, I'd give you that, to be fair. Yeah. There's a reason why breaks and like drum and bass and stuff is, is what it is, I suppose, and why it is like the big some of the biggest genres around the world. to end it on this i'm sorry it's good call no it's good call yeah I've, i totally salute this one man john williams one of the greatest film composers and one of the greatest pieces of music from one of my favorite films i know people are going to get angry about saying hmm. phantom menace is one of my favorite films but not too fussed about the whole star wars thing oh really john williams as a as a as a well it's all right but as a as a as a musician, John mm. Williams, I wonder sometimes if 200 years from now he'd be in the same ranks of like Wagner and all those sorts of people. You know what I mean? As a classical composer. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Like because uh, it's he's just genius. Like the other day, I watched um, War of the Worlds with my girlfriend, and we were just sat there, and it was like there was just one like movement that started, and I was like. This is John Williams. This is 100% John Williams, isn't it? And then, yeah, it obviously was. It's just like he's got he's got such a way with melodies and harmonies and like impactful moments that it's just unmissable. And the choirs, ah, oh, 
It's so good. It's so. I'm gonna have to get a picture up of Darth Maul on my uh, computer quickly just to look out whilst this is happening. So I, I am a. <laughs> just as long as that's all. Just as long as that's all you're doing on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know. Is it weirder that I'm just sat here looking at pictures of Darth Maul listening to John Williams? Is that? Yeah, that's fair. So I always like it on talking tunes when people don't go for the most obvious stuff. But I mean, John Williams, the Star Wars stuff. What's that? I'm trying to think about what the name that is. It's a name for it, isn't it? That, that piece he did for the original Star Wars. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, do you mean the Imperial March? Imperial March, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Vader's theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh... Oh, yeah, like, it's like, it's it's bigger than Bond's theme. It's, it's, the, it's the biggest thing. Second only maybe to Jaws, possibly, but I still think it's even bigger than that. Mm. And, like, that's, yeah, biggest piece of film music ever. And he is an icon, and Star Wars is great. All right, so <laughs> if you could be a character in Star Wars, who would you be? If I could be a character, oh, see now I'm going to show off my nerdiness because I'm going to be thinking about like the extended universe and the games, and I'll go, I'll go easy and probably say Vader. Oh, no, not Vader. He's in constant pain and he's only got one arm. Uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, he's got an easy life. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone hugs him. He's tall and lanky like me. He's a bit hairier than I am, but I sound a bit like him. Uh, hmm. Well, I do when I'm hungover anyway. If I was going to go super in-depth, I'd say like something like, I don't know, I was going to say, I could say just anything now, like Revan is a bad boy. Uh, oh, if, you're not going, if you're not in the top 10 characters, you've got me on completely, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, well, we'll go for the solid, like, obviously correct answer and say Jar Jar Binks. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sight. <laughs> Yeah. I'd go for Han Solo if it was me I'd go for Han Solo he was a cool dude he was he was a cool dude he had a nice weight cut uh, well, have you seen the whole thing about he dresses exactly the same way as Shrek no no I never noticed that yeah if, like, uh, if you like, if you look at the two of them side by side they have the exact same outfit but one of them's green and one of them's a smuggler there we go talking tunes with Pelican cheers mate that's <laughs> been some epic journey <laughs> what a way to end it with <laughs> Comparing Han Solo and Shrek. Uh, yeah. Yep, cheers for taking the time to take the call and uh, talking through all that, man. Yeah, absolutely no worries. Thank you very much for having me and uh, listening to the screechy nonsense I love. Good stuff, man. <laughs> all right, catch you soon, man. Yeah, fabulous. Catch you soon. Stay safe, man. All right, all right. Bye now. All right, lots of love. Bye. <laughs>